It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. How good is Australia? Have a go. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Get a job. Have a go. To start a business. Start a family. To buy a home. Have a go. Have a go. And get a fair go when they have that go. Get a job. Work hard. Work hard. Work hard. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. This is the best country in the world in which to work hard. Work hard. G'day, Dave Edwards here. Now we've come to the end of the first series of the Have A Go podcast. Who would have thought that this show would make it to 20 episodes? <laughs> Not me. Two time-poor blokes with full-time jobs, juggling family commitments, one of us living in Sydney, the other in a light industrial outpost 100 kilometres north of Sydney. A humble consortium doing the best they can with the limited amount of free time they've got. It shouldn't have worked, but it has. But 20 episodes in, and we're more concerned than ever about Australia's future. We've scratched the surface to see what's underneath Australia, and it turns out it's mainly just minerals, and not a lot else. Australia's on the fritz. Tensions are escalating with China. The ABC's getting cucked by the government, and our kids are going to have to live with us well into their 40s. But that doesn't mean we can't have a laugh about it, does it? Anyway, sit back, relax, and enjoy this special best of episode. All thanks to our lead sponsor, Rigby's Hire. If we do go to war, well, which, well, sorry, when we do go to war, um, yes. is, is Australia prepared? Like, I mean, the current generation is, you know, they have milky hands, they don't yeah. work hard. Oh. Do you think that we're going to be okay or are they just going to be walking us over the cliff. Well, unless unless China succumbed to poetry or something, mm. um, we're pretty fucked. There's, there's, like you say, soft little handed weaklings. Yeah. Um, Everyone's just on their PlayStations all fucking day. Yeah. Beautiful Australia. skin, like lovely That said, skin. though, war, war games and war now is basically esports. Yeah. Like it's just dropping <laughs> bombs with drones. It's like using a joystick. Yeah, but yeah, we don't have any cheat codes though, do we? Like no. we, we just we just have like a fucking old PlayStation two controller and China's got like a fucking big network of shit. Of course plus they've got billions who are just gonna like they could foot soldiers straight through this joint with bayonets and shit. We don't have guns, which is fucking nanny state. But, yeah. you know, well, cute, again, in peace times, but we're not shooting each other. But <laughs> when we're getting bayoneted in the face, might think, oh, we should have had guns. We should have written so that we in, should... shouldn't we? Yeah. Like, if there's a war, guns, we get them back. Yeah. Because we fucking burned them, didn't we? Or we chucked them somewhere. Where are they? Yeah, there's a pile of them. It's like a Sinead O'Connor fucking CD pile or something of guns. <laughs> John somewhere. Howard would know, wouldn't he? They're somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, fucking ask Howard. Where'd those yeah. guns go? Buried we them. need them now. Yeah. They, they did get destroyed, I think. Did they? I, I yeah, there was, like, footage of it. some footage of Guns getting Everyone's destroyed. fucking cheering and shit. Idiots. We just yeah. threw away our future. <laughs> you fucking idiots. <laughs> I don't know if they'd burn them. They'd be quite dangerous. Well, that's very... Bullets in them and yeah, shit. Nazi. Bad for the environment. Yeah. yeah. Exactly yeah. What I was about. There's one thing the youth love. It's the environment. Yeah. China yeah. too. Oh. They fucking love it. it. I, I deal with China every now and then when I need merchandise. Yeah. And uh, you know, I like to go global. Yeah, it's fucking cheap too. Yeah, like it's it's all again very cute to say made in Australia doesn't work. No, margins are too high. Flawed they are, from aren't top they? to bottom. Yeah, it just doesn't work, does it? But how do you see like post rollover Australia? I'm 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 very worried. Um, but I'd like to, as a prominent social commentator, I'd like to get your take. Where where, where what's a, what's Australia look like? Um, 
Well, it's going to look a lot like China, I would think. <laughs> They're just building, building shit. So it's going to look good. Much better. Yeah. Like they'll be, they'll, they can build stuff very quickly. There'll be some, you know, there'll be, there'll be skyscrapers in Alice Springs within five yeah. years of them. And they'll be able to use our iron ore and all that stuff because they'll be building here. Yeah. So just a, they're doing. much more if efficient. Better for the environment. None of those ships shipping minerals to China anymore. Mm. They just just take it here, just dig it out and build it where it stands. <laughs> it actually sounds quite attractive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Commercially, Except, it stacks up. Yeah. Well, it'll stack up like our bodies. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the, I mean, we touched on minerals just then, the trade wars that have, I guess, been lighting up the headlines lately with China. They don't want any of our shit. They don't want our iron ore. They don't want our cherries. Is Lobsters, that, all this yeah. stuff that we're fucking famous for. Meat. Don't fancy it anymore. Wine. Meat and wine. It. Who doesn't want meat and wine? Paired at dinner. These blokes. Yeah. Uh, I reckon they've, like, there's something else going on, obviously. It's a conspiracy. They must, they must have perfected the fake lobster or something over there. Yeah. They stole our IP on lobsters, you reckon? Of course they fucking want lobsters. 3D so printing lobsters, it's probably. Insane. Yeah, <laughs> you could 3D print a lobster. Yeah, I reckon you could. What's well, the why difference? don't we just do our own? We don't have to send them any. Well... They're red. They look plastic already. Yeah. Fuck. They're no better than prawns. I had some over Christmas because they were fucking cheap here because we weren't able to flog yeah. them to China. So yeah. we had to eat them all. We just had to, we had to eat them all because there was just a surplus. You had to. Yeah, man. Yeah. I tried them over Christmas. Prawns are better. There's probably more meat in one prawn than there. It's fucking labour intensive. It's a luxury lobsters. item, isn't it? That's why maybe they're good in China because they just get kids to sort it out and get yeah. the meat. We, we're going to do it ourselves here because mm. kids do fuck all. Imagine getting your kid here to, to peel a lobster for you. Yeah. It's a fucking disaster. It's weak hands, just the, the tendons oh, aren't up to it. They haven't, got, a, they haven't <laughs> yeah. got five, six years of factory experience like Chinese kids no. do. No. They could sort out a lobster quick sticks. Not a fucking callus to be seen on hand. <laughs> well, that's like the, the one thing that we have in Australia is that these they, they prize these products of ours as luxury items, like our baby formula. The cherries, even when you're in China and you meet a new person, you present them with a bowl of cherries, that's a signifier of your status. Basically, you are a well-off person. We, what if we just withhold this shit from them? I mean, they say they don't want it now, but we know that they want them. Or cut off the things they say they do want. Then, bang, like a child, you'll uh, get them to do whatever. They're quite malleable. Oh, I thought you were talking about child trafficking or, <laughs> or adoption policies. <laughs> Maybe we could tweak those. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. That's probably something to run up the line, isn't it? Well, we are we are the food bowl of the Asia Pacific, aren't we? And maybe if we withhold all the fucking cherries, and our bowl of cherries looks bigger, then maybe we'll just get them on status. Yeah. yeah. Well, could th- work. Withhold the stuff that doesn't go off. Yeah. Like the minerals, I suppose they're still doing that, aren't they? Are like, we are we doing the minerals? No, they're still taking the minerals. Yeah, I think I think iron ore they're taking. Well, you can get it. You can get it from other places. I think Brazil does a bit of it. I don't know anything about this stuff, not by enough, the way. Not enough, though, on no. the grapevine. But it's not as good. Ours is the best. Yeah. Uh, the shit that we dig up is the best. Oh, you like? You ask any Australian what is the best iron ore? And I say, well, it's ours, obviously. Yeah, I've yeah. said it three times today already. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in Earl's Court and other places like that, and Australians yeah. are talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Their iron ore. It's like sportsmen. It's like the fucking beaches. Even they, you know, yeah. Aussies are very proud. Stopped on the street in Auckland and they just said, how's the fucking iron ore going? And I was just like, it's great. Yeah, it's it's always nice. good. Yeah. Why are you asking? I'm always telling people that. Yeah. We've okay. done this bit for a while now, should we? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good bit, though. Yeah, it is. I mean, Director of News Gavin Morris recently labelled his own employees inner city elites. Oh, and what, what an admission that is. And what a hammer blow landed for the red meat right that was. Oh. They were salivating over that. One of the insiders actually labelling his own people 
a Chardonnay socialist, mm. virtually. <laughs> I mean, is the ABC always destined to be a cuck? I mean, how much <laughs> bullying can it take before it arcs up? I mean, uh, the ABC, as I said, is publicly funded. It it's is. always kind of got that over him. It's kind of cucked in a way, isn't it, the ABC? There's not much it can do. It is a little bit. It's backed into a corner, especially with uh, with the Conservative government in power. Mm. It basically just has to do what it's told. Take the uh, take the increasing budget cuts and just keep showing bloody the bill or whatever it is every day. But, I mean, you ask anyone from the other side, though, Dave, and they would call it the endless war, I reckon. Right. How long can the government keep funding the endless war. And that's the war between the ABC and the Conservatives. Right. It's, it's going on. I mean, they, they think budget cuts is, uh, is healthy. Mm. On the other hand, it's a war and an unnecessary war that's being funded. What right. are your thoughts? Well, uh, look, I think you're right there. Um, I don't think we're ever going to agree, are we? No. I mean, it's just, it's just well, we're funding it. We're funding it. Our taxpayer dollars are going into this asset. Seven cents a day, I and believe it is. we just want to see it go the right way. That's right. We, and just want, we just want it to echo our exact thoughts and feelings <laughs> at all times and costs. That's all we want from the ABC. Just make me feel good and reinforce my existing ideals. That's right. If I turn on club rugby, I want to see the commentators bigging up Sydney Uni, okay? <laughs> Subtly, but, you know, I want to see a bit of bias. Thankfully, the ABC has or did have its own comedy channel, which I think has reverted back to the more agreeable and popular test pattern. Um, <laughs> Once kids go to bed because it ceases to show cartoons. Nothing better than just, you know, lighting up a bong and just watching the test pattern for six (laughs) hours continuously. (laughs) I mean, I've never done it, but I hear it's quite popular in some areas. Placates a lot of midnight larrikinism. It it certainly does. You get them in front of their tellies, start them early, they won't be going out and causing trouble on the streets. The colours really pop too after a couple of That was good. That was a simpler time, wasn't it? Because it was like, all right, it's whatever time it is, it's midnight. Let's all just take a breather. And yeah. let's just fucking switch our brains off and we'll put the test pattern on and let's, get, let's come back at 6am, check in with us at 6am. Yeah. But now the endless 24-7 news cycle, and, and the ABC obviously has to be part of that news cycle. As they do. There's an ABC 24. There's not enough news to go around for 24 hours. And just giving more and more content for people to just like painfully scrutinise over as to which way that it's biased. You know what I mean? Just put the test pattern on. That's not left or right. It's just a fucking test pattern. <laughs> Well, they'll find a way to make that test pattern politicised. <laughs> Make that test oh, pattern was last and too much red in it. Fucking yeah. communists. <laughs> I mean, it's got its pitfalls, renting. We've, we've tried to move units, let's face it, not houses, um, yep. uh, a few times in the last 12 months because of COVID. We thought a hot diggity. No backpackers, no fucking students. We'll get a three-bedroom place, mm. get our kids their own rooms. Good time to cash in as well, COVID. Yeah, Rent, rent's I mean, gone down. There's got to be winners. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, it went down a bit. Yeah. We thought, oh, we'll get a bigger place here. Dog fucked us, didn't it? Right, like, did he? Can't have a dog. I thought they were getting a bit more relaxed yeah. about that. Yeah, they I they were, like, opening the scope because they need the business, so, you know, well, dog, dogs are... Like, they say that, but you still got to declare you got a dog when you apply. And then it's that's like, just like, got stigma, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's like hiring, yeah. a, like hiring a pregnant woman. You can say, look, you didn't yeah. get a job because you're shit, but clearly you're just going <laughs> to be a hindrance to our business. Uh, when how old are you? How fertile are you? Yeah. <laughs> how Show me how many you? eggs you've got. <laughs> Scotty Cam, the, the blue-collar larrikin millionaire <laughs> with his effortless larrikin charm, um, you know, watching regular Australians mm. renovate dilapidated apartment blocks and then making an absolute fucking mozza at auction. That was captivating television. That was beamed into our living rooms. This is what you can do if you invest in property. You know, property is the number one asset in Australia and it, fuck me, it goes up. It certainly does. And you know what? There's an argument to be made that 
going on the block is the new great Australian dream. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. probably actually more accessible than getting into the fucking market at the moment mm. is to go on the block. So now that I'm a homeowner, I get a disproportionately agitated response to junk mail. <laughs> so I put a really nice, polite, no junk mail sign on our letterbox and yet I'm still getting more fucking pamphlets than ever before. Mm, it's like they don't care. They want their five cents a drop. So no little sign's going to stop them from doing that. Mate, I'd rather just put my email address on the letterbox. <laughs> just, just email me the ads. I'll take my chances on the privacy issues. Just give me a banner ad. So the majority of pamphlets I'm getting are for high-end investment property opportunities or wow. Montessori school brochures or, or letters personally delivered by my local Greens MP. Yeah. What's the Greens? Well, the <laughs> The Greens are a progressive political party <laughs> that you may or I, may not have heard of because you're from the regions. Perhaps yeah, the I Greens haven't. Don't got, think they've made it up there up yet. There. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, are they just like a offshoot of the Labor Party? Perhaps I don't know. They 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 tend to reside in inner city enclaves. <laughs> and anyway, okay. So so do you get any pamphlets? I mean, you you live in the region, so you must be getting different pamphlets. Yeah, than we I'm do. Getting. Yeah, we do. But they're um, obviously uh, a little bit more budget than the ones you get. Right. Things like um, you know, uh, Big W, Audi, things What's like that. Big W. <laughs> big, big W. Big W is like a major a retailer that <laughs> offers products at, at at low low prices. Um, right. You might not have them don't down think here. Think we have them here. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sydney's brash, it's bold, it's provocative. You know, if Sydney was a bloke, you'd probably think he was a fuckwit. <laughs> but Sydney's very often compared to a woman. And in fact, a lot of Australian cities are, and, and Sydney yep. and Melbourne is usually the, the comparison that's made. You know, Sydney mm. is the beautiful, vacuous blonde, mm. whereas Melbourne's kind of the thinking man's crumpet. Yeah, you know, yeah. artsy and demure, but also fucking really into sport for some reason. Yeah, like, yeah, that's right. Like, we'd, yeah, likes, likes footy, yeah. yeah, but likes reading books. They yeah. just don't go together. Whereas, yeah, Sydney's just like this, you know, busty blonde who's, you know, got a lot of filler in her face, probably yeah. funded by uh, congested traffic cops. Yeah. <laughs> She's definitely an Instagram influencer with like 950,000 followers. Yeah, that's right. While Melbourne's just like a you know, Twitter darling with 22K followers. Yeah, that's right. Who just regularly appears on the drum. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, Sydney's Samantha Armitage and Melbourne is Virginia Trilloli. I don't think I could sum it up better. Yeah. So Sydney does, speaking of those personalities, I mean, Sydney has some very big personalities. Yes. Uh, Alan Jones. Mm. I mean, Alan Jones, so influential that he started a race riot in Cronulla. <laughs> He did. Probably his magnum opus, to be honest, uh, among his listenership. Um, but I, I miss the Sydney radio wars. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I never really, like, listened to any of these shows, but I just like no. reading about ratings wars. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I probably went off when John Laws moved into his 120s. And yeah. He's still broadcasting now on some backwater station somewhere, but it's pretty much now just Kyle Sanderlands and the rest. Yeah, like Ben Fordham. Yeah. No, it's, not, it's not the same, is it? No, there's, no, there's not no. enough incitement amongst no. those guys. Yeah. Um, Peter Fitzsimons as well. I'm just thinking of Sydney icons. Like yeah. I read, you know, recently in in the Australian a bit about Peter Fitzsimons' annual New Year's Eve party, mm. where he invites some of the you know the Sydney elites to his new North Sydney house with you know 180 degree views of the harbour and. You know, guests include ex-wallabies and, you know, yep. liberal, yeah. small L liberal politicians. Yeah, heavy hitters from the finance car yeah. sector. Wasn't that a story just dripping with oh. Emerald Emerald City references? I don't think... I if think it, Jeffrey Rush was there, Kate Blanchett probably. Yeah, all those people. Um, oh. Andrew Upton, head of the... Yep. Uh, you know, husband of Kate Blanchett and head of the Sydney Theatre Company. 
of Malcolm course. and Lucy must have been there. But I mean, that's Sydney in a nutshell, isn't it, mate? I mean, yeah. it's um, it's elitism that you're not allowed into. Yeah, and that's you don't like get it. to read about it once a week in private Sydney in the Sydney Morning Herald. <laughs> that's right, and, and and it was so small L liberal that, it, that, that Peter actually had a fight with Stan Grant. Yeah. And I thought we've, uh, we're through the looking glass now, people. Any, any kind of experiences or thoughts or feelings on the people of Melbourne at your shows? Well, I mean, you know, the, I quite like the joint. It's nice and everything. And uh, as they say, they're the yeah, they're self-professed champions of Australia, Melbourne, mm. and um, just really progressive and, and yeah. the sort of European feel of the CBD that they brag about all the time. I mean, fuck. Having said that, there's no other city in Australia that's got literally in the middle as its centre point a big W. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. there they are. It's just like the continent. Just yeah. like in Paris, there's a big W. You know? yeah. Warsaw, big W. Rome, yeah. big W. Right in the middle. They build their cities around big Ws. They do, don't they? But um, yeah, nothing I like better than, than to go there. I go there every year for a few weeks and uh, then steer clear of the joint for the rest of the year. But um, it's nice and everything, but they are a bit special. I know. Some might say clean up your own fucking backyard because they're quite quite adamant to tell me what to fucking say and what not to say. Right. And yet their city's still quite violent. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's no utopia. No, no. There's oh. a hell of a lot of gun crime from what I say. It's glamorous gun crime, but it's gun crime nonetheless. <laughs> Very well-dressed gunmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pearl handles. That's yeah. right. That Jack London thing. coats. Yeah. <laughs> Looking fucking top. <laughs> Polished lugers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they, they bag out other cities for not being progressive enough and all the rest of it. But I don't recall ever seeing a car drive down the fucking footpath. In Sydney. <laughs> but I might not have been listening to the news that day. I don't know. Yeah. That'd be the sort of thing I'd sort out before approaching a low-level comedian and telling him not to <laughs> trivialise mental illness or whatever the fuck they're upset about. Yeah, right. So do, do you have a specific um, uh, event that occurred that's caused you to shape no, no, your opinion just... on Melbourne or is it just a series of small things like you just walk down the street and people just stopping you and telling you <laughs> how to think or did one actual thing happen? Oh, many, like each year, worse and worse, it's yep. been uh, people voting with their feet, getting up in my show, just being the change that the world needs. I love when people Voting, do that. Yeah, just yeah. yelling yep. something and walking out and then going home. And Yeah, there's a time and a place for it. Mostly the internet, 2am, mm. is where you should voice your fucking concerns yep. about what a comedian has said or not said. So what are the kind of issues that are triggering these, these Melburnians most? Um, the content that gets them. Well, I'm not sort of promoting anything. I'm just mm. just there for a laugh. I don't I don't trade on likability. They fucking love that, and they also and livability. Love, oh, the livable most city. Livable. Yeah, they, they, most of them say that on their way into your show. They go, you know, this most livable city, voted ten years out of eleven or something. They actually make you say it before the show, like a welcome <laughs> to country. It yeah. is pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's lovely to be back <laughs> in the most livable city. Who's voting on these fucking livability indexes? It's not people that have actually spent time oh, living in the city. Sounds like a bloody labour branch stacking fucking thing, doesn't it? Like, it's definitely got to be like a hometown rort. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. win it that often. Nah, no. absolutely not. No. no. Plus, is it that livable? It is stinking fucking hot in summer. Well, it's got joint. a big W oh, yeah. in the People city talk centre. about that. Yeah, well, big W is a big draw card. If you yeah. need a pair of KT26s, <laughs> straight to the city centre and get them. And I have. Coffee must be on the livability index as well. Uh, must be high up there. Hang on about their fucking coffee, don't they? But it's not like the actual coffee's from fucking Ethiopia or South America or some yeah. shit. Like it's not yeah. it's not a rare mineral that's exclusive no. to Melbourne. And harvested by children, I imagine. 
So yeah, fucking get that up know. here, Melbourne. Yeah, so yeah, what do they actually do down there between the, you know, bringing in the coffee and that at some point well, it gets the touched by Melbourne and then it's like the it's, best coffee in the they're, world? They're bragging about their baristas. Okay. It's All the right. art of making yeah. a coffee that they're talking about, the service. Okay. And I'm also really sceptical when people say it's the best coffee in the world. Like, I mean, have you drunk at every friggin' cafe down there mm. or, you know, have you just gone to one little bolt hole in Collins Street and, oh, yeah, I had a piccolo and it was great. Yeah. And so it's the best in the world. You know, I want to see something from like the ABS or something oh. or Ipsos. Pe- Pe- I, I, don't, I don't need these just stupid... Anecdotal, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you know, sweeping statements, especially about coffee. Mm. Yeah, it's an opinion piece, the, yeah. Whole, yeah. the whole industry. It's an yeah. opinion piece. Yeah, I want Bullshit. facts. People are facts. fuckheads about coffee, aren't they? Oh, I mean, no. what a what a time to be alive that you can you can literally. I oh, know, but everyone bangs on about how people wankers about coffee, but it's yeah. fucking true. Well, on the way Awful. in here this morning, I actually got coffee for Edo's and I got servo coffee. Who cares? <laughs> you got me a five hundred mil coffee cup, mm, which like is actually fucking... just mother. It's just a can of mother, really. Yeah. But yeah, but surely that's better. Yeah, like the yeah. bigger, it's carbonated. The I don't know why it's got a lightning bolt on it, but <laughs> fuck, it tastes good. <laughs> Have a go. Just 40 kilometres from the nearest body of water, Lexapro Springs is as refreshing as it sounds. Premium leafy living environments for aspirational Australians. A relaxed, socially engineered family lifestyle. Just four easy train line changes from the CBD. More than just homes, communities. Hi there. Dean Seaman here, CEO of Cladcorp. Here at Cladcorp, we just want to help Australians get on with the business of living. You can pick from our fairly limited menu of design options and still feel like you're building your dream home from scratch. As one of Australia's leading property developers, we specialise in poly-designed cookie-cutter properties built on the cheap and marketed as the great Australian dream. You might think that's disingenuous, but fuck me, the margins are good. <laughs> no, seriously, we're very proud to be associated with the new priority growth area development at Lexapro Springs. Green spaces, ample street frontage, a truly premium suburb to buy into, whether you're a family or an investor. Have we said premium enough yet? Hope so. Land and home packages from $600,000, just $180,000 higher than the median house price for the suburb next door. We moved in six months ago and I have to say it's been one of the best decisions we've made as a family. There's honestly no better place to raise six kids under the age of seven. I can't wait until the school finally opens up here. Some drinking water would be good too. I also heard the NBN's coming in 2029, so hopefully I can get a job working remotely, uh, as there's absolutely no industry here yet. Hang on a second. Kids, keep it down. Daddy's trying to do a promo. Sorry about that. (laughs) I hope some other people get here soon. It's getting pretty lonely. Elite schools, hip wine bars, vineyards, business parks, a thriving town centre, mobile phone reception, all these things are tentatively roadmapped for the future. Clearly, Lexapro Springs is just about to take off. Lexapro Springs. Words that instantly invoke thoughts of wealth creation, success and middle-class mortgage anxiety. Register today and experience unparalleled lifestyle tomorrow. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. How to sign off. 
Well, 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 well. And not the way it was, as has been suggested, suggested but for the last time, 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 the way it is. This Friday, the 29th of November, this is Brian, Brian Henderson, sad Brian Henderson, sad, sad, saying not good night this time, but good, good, goodbye. Yep, yep, yep. Probably one of our most famous larrikins of all time is Ned Kelly, who is very much uh, regionally based uh, <laughs> from the bush. Um, you know, a famous bush ranger for those who are listening who aren't familiar with him, who, who died at the age of 25 and probably best known for uttering the phrase, such is life, yes. which became a very very larrikin tattoo it's option a, for many a, Australians. Yeah, but bumper stickers, tattoos, um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a massive... I mean, if he had yeah. the rights to that right now... I mean, he was he was ahead of his time. He was robbing banks. I mean, the fucking banks have been robbing us for years. Yeah, I was just wondering, where would Ned Kelly fit in the Royal Commission, do you think? <laughs> would he get a mention? But anyway, when he was sentenced to hang, more than 30,000 people uh, made a petition asking for a reprieve. Wow, really? 30,000? Yeah. Okay. Uh, interesting, interesting. So I wonder, would, would Ned Kelly be cancelled today? I'm going to say this 100 times on this episode, yeah. I think. But, uh, yeah, Ned Kelly, oh, yeah. I'm not sure where he would fit into the PC spectrum these days, but anyone who takes from the banks, there's yeah. going to be fandom. Well, actually, he, I was just looking at his wiki before. He was arrested at the age of 14 for assaulting a Chinese man, so he's probably a racist fuckwit and definitely would have got cancelled <laughs> today. But he was a good-looking rooster, though. Wasn't he ever? Have you seen some of that stencil art? I don't uh, know how real it is. Oh, no, and he had or the 12 moustache yeah. as well. He did, didn't he? Oh, he's so Melbourne. He had a very, um, like, a strong hairline and angular jaw as well. He looked good. Yeah, he certainly did. And he had that, I don't know if Brill Cream was around back in those days, but he had that volume in the hair. (laughs) He did, didn't he? And even when he took the helmet off, it's still perfect. It's like he had, like, a stylist or something. Do you think it's kind of like how Jesus is depicted as, like, a barefoot (laughs) vegan from Bondi? Like, do you reckon Ned Kelly actually looked that good? Or are we just rewriting history? (laughs) Yeah, I... I'd definitely say there's some rewriting of history there, as was the Bible, to make Jesus look hot. <laughs> there's obviously um, there's obviously degrees or a spectrum of larrikinism out there, isn't there? You've got your, I mean, like the origins of larrikinism were actually they were actually criminals, you know, back in the days from our um, convict heritage. But these days, people call you know, uh, larrikins can be someone that turns in a picnic table, uh, puts a motor on it, and drives it down the road. You know, and everyone thinks that's funny. Mm. That's larrikinism. Can we um, bash them as well? Well, those ones, those particular ones, I think you're within your rights to just run one over. (laughs) Yeah, that that used to be lead story on the news, like a man turning his esky into a vehicle and just cruising around, you know, in the fast lane outside Ballina, bloke getting in a shopping trolley. Yep. Shopping trolleys on the streets, that's larrikinism. Yeah. When, you see a, when I see a shopping trolley outside a house, I go, there's a fucking larrikin in that house. Yep. Mm. And you know it's on tape somewhere and it's just going to spark like three days of media cycle frenzy, you know, breakfast television topics about is the Australian larrikin dead or, you know, it's good yeah. to see the larrikin spirit is still alive and well. When it's not quite dead. I saw, you know, the airport trolleys. I saw one of them nine and a half kilometres from the airport. That's <laughs> no, not dead. You don't see that sort of commitment from the youth No, these that's days, a fucking committed larrikin. A, you know, I reported it, obviously. Yeah, of course yeah, you had to. Yeah, took, yeah. The, took pictures of the houses outside and, and called the police. They came around and sorted it out immediately. But, um, I mean, it's nice that we can just citizens arrest people. Though. I was, what I was recently, right, my dog was halfway through curling one off and, and thank goodness the self-appointed mayor of Bondi was walking past right at that moment. And um, <laughs> I was standing there right next to a shitting dog with an inside-out poo bag on my yep. hand ready. Yep. But he still had a yell. And uh, said, I hope you're going to pick up that shit, mate. And I, I said, well, thanks very much. I mean, had you not been here, I might have gotten away with that. <laughs> might have been a little little crouton that I didn't 
yeah. remember to I pick just up. walk around I, yeah. with a dog bag half on my hand at all times in case there's a shit to pick up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we do do that as dog walkers, though, don't we? It's just symbolism. Like, I'm ready to go in case anyone wants to arrest yeah. me as a larrikin because I'm not one. Yeah. But yeah. as soon as someone's not looking, I just fucking kick it into the middle of the pavement <laughs> and go, someone's going to step on that, and I'm a larrikin <laughs> doing it. That's right. <laughs> I mean, we are the most easygoing country in the world, though. We talk oh, of about course. Yeah, all yeah. the time. We've installed that 200 years ago. So yeah, yeah. Easygoing, no worries, mate. Pawn on the barbie. Yeah. You know, she'll be apples, mm. all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I like how Australia claims those kind of qualities as their own and like no other culture has them at all. You know, like Australia's the yeah. only laid-back country that cares about their mates and has a lot of Aussie spirit. Well, mm. of course, no one else has Aussie spirit, but spirit, whereas other countries are just weak and don't yeah. have friends and are spiritless. Well, oh. H- Howard tried to write mateship into the preamble of the Constitution. Really? Yeah, it didn't work. Okay. No one went for it. Yeah. But he fucking had a go. No Indigenous recognition in the Constitution, but we've got mates. We've got mates. Yeah, yeah. We've got mates. Yeah. People have always been attached to their favourite local beer, like Carlton, mm. you know, in Victoria and Tui's, yep. New South Wales, Forex in Queensland yep. and the like. Yep. These days, everyone just has a microbrewery. Oh, they do. You know, I've got like four <laughs> microbreweries within like 300 metres of my house. That's right. So basically, your your um, territorial drink is like a, a heirloom pear cider. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll go to war over that. One thing I know is that state of origin provides great stability mm. in times of change. <laughs> yeah. So it's been challenging times. I mean, we mentioned COVID. Mm. I mean, sport is a way of controlling the masses. And I think no, no sport has done it better than rugby league and state of origin. Mm. And I think the only thing that keeps me watching state of origin is the fact that I've always done it. Yes. Um, and that I don't know any better. Is that yeah. the same for you? I mean, why do you watch origin? Is it something innate within you that you can't explain? Or, you know, do you think that you've been brainwashed or does it just make take you to a safe space? Like chiefly, I would say it's because it always resurfaces Victoria's origin envy every year, and I just get great Schadenfreude from that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right because I know no better. And you know what? It, and my body just transforms on that Wednesday night. Yeah. It's the three week nights a year when I can be as irrational and as silly as I want to be. You know what I mean? I, I can forget about climate change. I can forget <laughs> about China. You know the rise of Peter Credlin, That's and right. I can just seek solace in the comforting bosom of sport. That's right. I mean, who cares that the seas are rising? This ref is rigged, okay? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, look, mate, uh, I, I know no better and that's why it, I do it. That's interesting. I mean, we still love it. We don't know why we love it, but we do. But is it still the same? Is State of Origin still authentic? I think that's a big question that State of Origin needs to answer. And I think State of Origin has been shirking that question for some time. It's avoiding it. Is it merely a social construct that we buy into? <laughs> you know, is it crass consumerism? Is it faux parochialism? Ultimately, is the joke on us? Is it, yeah, is it tabloid wars? Is it the Courier Mail against the Daily Telegraph thinking mm. that it speaks for the masses? I mean, look, as again, when Artie belted Crow, I mean, do you think the first thing they thought of was Jesus would look good cross-promoted with Lego Masters? I think that was the first thing I'd they thought so. of. I'd say so. But it's, it's just been like the, just the tapestry's just been slowly pulled, the thread's being pulled, and mm. it's mainly through fluid eligibility rules. That's, that was what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. That's a farce. It is. It's I a mean, farce. I think it's it's progressive, actually, of origin to allow people to identify any way they want to. It That's is. very modern. <laughs> yeah. um, but I guess one of the great things about origin is learning where these players come from. I, I like that. I think it's a nice tribute mm, uh, mm. to, to you know, the local clubs and that connection to grassroots and to juniors and so forth. Yep. But is it un-PC to just demand that they fucking play for the state that they grew up in? Oh, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, who's to say how anyone wants to identify these That's days? That's right. And I think another thing about State of Origin, I mean, I talked about the, um, uh, 
you know, the the, the cleansing of state of origin <laughs> yep. and sport in general. I mean, men don't bleed from the face anymore. <laughs> Not enough for my liking. I mean, my memories, those evocative memories of old, of Benny Elias with blood streaming down both cheeks, mm. um, you know, headband around, you know, blokes just wobbling around, barely yep. able to stand up after copping a big head knock. Mm. I mean, I know and appreciate that science indicates things yep. like um, CTE being mm. problematic in sport and there are mm. class actions and so forth. Mm. But no melees anymore. No. You never see 34 blokes piling into a melee. I mean, no. is that is that good or bad? And I want you to take a binary stance here. Mate, good or bad? It's bad because, you know, origin has been woke-washed. Yeah. I mean, does it bug you that the Queen is still on our coins and our stamps? I mean, I know we're in a largely cashless society these days, so <laughs> coins are pretty redundant, but maybe it doesn't matter that much. Well, the coins still fit in the slot of the pokies, so nothing's really jumped up and, and grabbed me as yet. But uh, look, personally, yeah, I, I, as with all these sort of things, mm. you know, it's a massive talking point. It's a massive issue for the nation. And just yeah. the only way I look at it is in what's in it for me. Yeah. Do you well, know what, what about our kids as well? I mean, our yeah. kids are potentially going to grow up and they could be anything they want in the world, but they can't be our head of state. That is specifically reserved for an aristocratic English family. That's right. And I mean, it's it's a difficult conversation I have with my son most nights is that, mm. unfortunately, boy, you will never grow up to have your head on the coin. Mm. You can be a Unless... fireman, you can be Batman, you can be all these wonderful things. That's right. You can be all these other f- fantastical things. But you'll never but not... cut a ribbon at the opening of a stadium. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Anyone else? Would you Any other kind of ideas? Um, well, obviously, it's got to be an export star of some description. I wouldn't even Has put Sharky in that. He's an icon now. Yeah, um, business He's transcended, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, he's, he's always been. Yeah. You know, many fingers, many pockets. Um, they don't let anyone ride around nude on a horse and get professional photos taken of themselves to post up on the internet. Um, maybe Warney. Shane yeah. often Warnie touted as an Warnie. option. Yep. Well, it had, to be, to. had to be proposed, didn't it? I mean, it was, it was inevitable we were going to throw his name up on this pod. But Do you think he wants it? Wow. He never really – well, he never was the captain it. of Australia. Probably doesn't want it because what Warney wants, Warney gets. Like He'd probably already be it. Yeah. Could Warney actually bet Australia in a game of poker? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Australia would just be called Triple Eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's tar- charity-minded. Yeah, he is. He's he Shane Warne Foundation. We all know where that money goes, straight yep. to Shane Warne. Um, <laughs> he's had his own show before. I mean, he had a, a show he did a little talky, Warnie didn't he? Or something, yeah, a little talk show, man. Yeah. He's always going to be like Parky. He, oh, he's got a mural yep. of himself in his house, you know. So he's, he's already got all the all the hallmarks there. Mm. It's just the learning how to politic. Yeah. That, uh, well, that can't be. He never mastered that, did he? No. no but, well, know. I mean, it, it would be a largely ceremonial role. So he'd have to just turn up in a suit. Looks pretty good in a suit worn. He's got a nice new face, um, decent hairline, <laughs> thanks to advanced hair. He could be a good option. He could look good at those ribbon cuttings, I think. Absolutely. Big He's just hands. got to sip tea on Big the lawn at Kirribilli House. That's all he has to do yep. and just not fuck too many people. Which wow. is going to be a problem, but he's because he's no good at a cover up either. So I think that's a drawback too. <laughs> five eyes. He'd struggle with the five. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> intelligence sharing. There's a lot of red flags there. I mean, okay. So okay, let's say we do move to a republic. I mean, what's going to happen to our relationship with with England, with the motherland? How do we kind of straddle that relationship? Still stay connected but separated. Well, I don't know that they'd notice really. I mean, they they barely noticed Harry leaving. 
Yeah. You know, he hated the limelight, so he's moved to Hollywood. Where, <laughs> where, uh, where lunatics will grab your fucking tea leaves from yeah. the dregs. It's going to lay low in Tinseltown. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Like an amazing. I mean, the lure of the bright lights is undeniable for a, you know, for thespians like his missus, yeah. a slave to trotting the planks. <laughs> I mean, uh, you want to be a princess that lives in a palace? Every young girl's dream. Yes, I do. But I also want to flog off my own line of beauty products on Good Morning America. Yeah, yeah, get back yeah. to nature. Every girl's dream. Mm, that's right. Just humble, humble, humble plans, really. <laughs> I mean, do you blame her for? I mean, do we blame her? We have to blame someone. Oh, of course I mean, Harry would. I could. I could have lived under Harry. I mean, I know he's not the next mm. in line. I know he's a, he was a few off the rank, wasn't he? Just William, and then yeah, two off. Yeah. I mean, I could. I could deal with Harry. I think. Yeah, I could deal with Harry. It'd be fine. He's yeah. a bit rough around the edges. Got a military background. What yeah. else do we want? Well, no. his he... wife's hot. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Not to bring it down, but what else does the Australian man want? <laughs> Bit of eye candy. Yeah. Every now and then, Harry would get up, get up in his uh, Nazi uniform for fun at a party. With, you know, he's he's got a bit of a larrikin in him. What a he does have a bit of a larrikin. Yes, so we I mean, do that's like what, that. Whatever we do, we have to have a larrikin in charge. Better be a larrikin. I think that's definitely. A, I think that's that's the strategy we should take forward with this. Larrikinism. That's right. So that's the story, and the the battle itself dragged on for a while, around eight months, I believe, before. We were eventually evacuated out of there. So it was a military failure, mm. thanks to the British. Yep. But um, but those characteristics that the Anzacs showed under fire on that day yep. throughout that battle, bravery, determination, steel, and, and of course, mateship. That's right, Probably the mate. most important characteristic mm. of the Anzacs. Those mm. have somehow lasted as defining characteristics, do you think? They are definitely. I mean, it's uh, something as, as Australians that we all like to hold dear and think, you know, the perfect distilled down, mm. you know, typified Australian is to <laughs> is to show those um, th- those uh, sort of qualities at all time. And, well, that's you know, why we love Anzac Days because we get to think of ourselves as good, strong blokes who, right. if the situation called for it, we would stand up under fire and be counted. Of course, but I don't know if um, people in the modern day would uh, have the same sort of uh, courage and irreverence towards <laughs> establishmentarianism like those guys did that day. I mean, yeah. I mean, if they did, they'd probably have to post about it for likes. <laughs> so, I mean, there's some, there's yeah. some great stories that came out of Gallipoli, probably the most famous one is Simpson and his donkey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, probably the best known Anzac for his selfless deeds when, you know, he was carrying wounded men up on this donkey yep. uh, down to the first aid station uh, set yep. up at Anzac Cove. And what's the modern day equivalent of that? Like Gillen McLaughlin playing polo? <laughs> well, yeah. well, I was thinking, yeah, I mean, the closest thing, especially in COVID times, I was thinking, you yeah, know, like... First responders would yeah. probably be the, the closest thing, the real heroes, you know, paramedics, um, you know, police, emergency podcasters, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? People who are first at the scene with a nuclear take on the uh, new con- uh, concussion sub rule, those kind of yeah. guys, I'd say they're the, the modern day Simpson. It's interesting you say COVID. I mean, do you think that we've displayed that kind of spirit uh, during COVID? Because, you know, the Anzac spirit is often evoked whenever there is a natural disaster, mm. you know, a flood or a bushfire. Australians always come together. Yeah. During COVID, do you think we've kind of displayed that that spirit as a nation? I mean, we've been shutting our borders to each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have. Yeah, we certainly have come together um, in terms of whatever side of the political divide you're on. Mm. I mean, um, you know, I've seen some young liberals really banding together yeah. um, as one, showing the Anzac spirit. Uh, you know, finding common ground together, marginalising the poor. Yeah. I guess yeah. You, know, you talk about frontline responders. I mean, our Uber Eats delivery drivers have been out there. On oh, the haven't they ever delivering <laughs> our luxes within 30 minutes during COVID? I mean, that's national service. Hit machine COVID-19 goes into overdrive with all the big hits from the Have A Go podcast season one. All the classic songs you love reimagined for these troubling modern times, including Malcolm's MBN. 
Sydney's unofficial anthem, Powder in the Fashion. Nightlife thrives even without pubs. It's just underworlds and rubber tugs. Fat cats, the gap in every car, and e-tagger. No one goes west of Annandale. A crisp Chardonnay and a platter of cheese. It's better to die and ride than live at home for East. Wake up with Sunrise for all your financial advice. Got no idea what the fuck I am saying. Market thriving, Aussie dollar. Public assets, hyperinflation. Nasdaq's down. And stripping things back with the harrowing first-person tribute to the ABC. Four-week operation to get a studio seat for a recording of Q&A was a war within itself. But I wouldn't stop till I had said my piece to Matt Canavan. To rapturous applause. And climate change denial for the Sky News boomer demographic. Sky after dark all night long. I won't change for you. Stay right with me. Won't change for you. Even though you got three PhDs. Over the Tasman, a fresh take on Dave Dobbin's Slice of Heaven. Speak of tongues and that's perfectly fine You just say that we're one and free Well we sung a whole anthem in Maori Hey Aussie did the mood get you down We run your wallabies all over the ground That's when I gotta say to you Two words, Beru's Puchani and don't forget Melbourne's unofficial AFL anthem. I meet a client outside the ground. He asks me who I think's gonna win. I just moved here and I don't have a team. Instead I lie and say, go the Hawks. Within this crowd I feel out of place. I'm fearful, I'm fearful of a race riot. And special hidden tracks include those classic commercials from the boys at Blojo Records. Cause you're a working class bloke who loves a joke and a smoke when you live at a ease. How do you feel? When it's a safe space for tales about red meat, males and masculinity. How do you feel when you're joined by a woke creator from marketing? We're just a bourgeoisie. He's asked for gluten free. Freshest Aria charting music from the Have A Go podcast. Out now at your nearest Sanity or HMV outlet. You need some shit for hire? Come talk to the blokes that have been helping build Australia since 1925. Angle grinder, hammer, drill, drain, clear, impact driver, generator, air compressor, or a cordless drill. 
Renovation, demolition, Scotty Cam on television Brick saws, block saws, come and have a go We've got some shit for hire Branches nationally, a forklifts are the best. We, we don't, don't do license checks, injured in the workplace. Disclaimers on our website. Rigby's higher, honest working since the world's been turning. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. China has a traditional saying: "Don't be afraid, don't be afraid, just be afraid." Just be afraid. Luke there is nothing on earth to fear. There's only one thing to fear, and that is Kevin Rudd still speaking Chinese. Chinese. Best country in the world. Something's got to happen because there is, as they say, a cultural problem. Yes. And whenever the word culture gets mentioned in a workplace, it involves stiffies of some description. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Men up to no Just good. Just say the word. Yeah. Don't use culture. Yeah, it's a stiffy, it, let's it's use a stiffy the word. problem. I mean, speaking of that, what do we, could we suggest maybe chemical castration? Well, yeah. I mean, these days, politicians, you know, they have the swearing in mm. ceremony. They put their hand on a Bible. Mm. She was nipping while we're at it. Oh, I mean, why not? They've got to sit there for a long time in those big velvet chairs mm. uh, all day sometimes. You're going to get an ambush stiffy every now and then, like like a 13-year-old boy in the bus. It just appears, yeah. busting its way through the slacks. And they've got to, they've got to sit every now and then. They've got to stand up. But yeah. Embarrassing. The, yeah, the Governor-General's not doing enough at those swearing in ceremonies. No. No, I think they need to, you know take the bloody knife to them, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I, I, I think, think we should so. get a surgeon in there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, do a quick chemical castration. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we've done the security upgrades um, at Parliament House. I mean, bollards. I mean, yeah. if we can afford bollards, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, well, well how serious are you about wanting a 200K job? If that's you're right. Not gonna get a <laughs> and that's just base. I mean, what about all the other kickbacks they're getting? Oh, plenty that's right. of them. Yeah, all those little under-the-table stuff. I'm oh, sure yeah. there's a bit going on. Mm. Commonwealth cars, staff, yeah. offices. I mean, that's got to be up into the four five hundreds right there. Definitely yeah. worth a snip. I would say so. Yeah. So do you think they're doing us proud? I mean, I'm sceptical, actually, about parliamentarians. I think they might be just having a lark mm. down there in Canberra. Oh, they're still, they're still going through the motions, aren't they? They're not having a game of cricket in one of the corridors, are they? No. Mm. The, the lads. Mm. No, no way. Not but they're since... in a bubble, aren't they? Like, we, do we truly know what happens there in a, in a normal sitting day? Like, I don't, I don't like, I mean, are they there at seven in the morning? Are they, I could see them rolling up at nine or ten. You know what I mean? Staff looking after everything. They're always know. banging on about how hard they're working. Yeah, yeah. but I don't think they are. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see one of these blokes survive one day in the private sector. <laughs> one day. I I'd don't like think to see one on a work site in a portal do. See how they survive that. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. I mean, think about like question time. Like sometimes I see these guys just mucking about in question time, and I start, and I just think I get fired for saying that. Yeah, well, I get fired for putting phones. that in an email. Yeah, or oh. just like the, you know, getting, being addressed by the opposition leader and the, and they're sitting there with their back turns looking at their phones. I mean, as a public servant, yeah. that's just par for the course. That's what we yeah. do every day. But... I just go into the cubicle and do that for 10 minutes. <laughs> sure. like, I have to, you know, but they just do it straight out there in the open. Yeah, and I mean, it's televised live, you know, and they, they don't care. I, I think mean, a, lot of the, a lot of the bluster is because those faceless backbenchers, they mm. all wear glasses, so you can't really see if they're awake or not <laughs> of the glare of the, of the yeah. camera. But uh, sometimes they just startle awake. They're in the middle of a bad dream. They'll yeah. wake up and just start yelling. <laughs> And that's, that's what you hear on Question Time. So, <laughs> it's just blokes waking just up. An, just an old it's man waking up. It's not Just yeah, a man yeah. waking. And then, of course, in recent times, we've had the one in, uh, into the banking uh, system, uh, banking uh, yeah. sector, which was, uh, you know, that, that, that was a big ticket, um, big ticket Royal Commission. That, um, well, that cost the taxpayer $70 million, that one. Yeah, it did. And it really got to the bottom of 
not much. No, no, that's right. Yeah. Hands off our banks, yeah, I think, was right. the, the, the major recommendation from that. I mean, there was a lot of slashing and burning at the top in the C-suite, but there was yeah. just a lot of guys leaving with payouts. I think so. shares in banks went like through the roof after the findings were handed yeah, down. Yeah, the Liberal Party was absolutely um, stoked. Mortgage brokers, though, you can go after them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. The, the low-level ones, uh, Ma and Pa ones. I think on. one of the recommendations also there was just to have another watchdog look over the two existing watchdogs, yeah. APRA and ASIC. <laughs> that's right. So I think that's always a good solution. That should stop Melissa. Caddick. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, that's one of the, the real, the, one of the, the real um, pros of a royal commission is that you can always just formalise blame on a toothless regulatory mm. board. Either blame a regulator or call for another regulator to be established. Yeah, that's right. By the next government, if yeah. they remember. Yeah. Well, I think our fear of terrorism really is unique. Mm. I know, I, I, I'm sure there aren't any countries out there who embrace terrorism. I'm happy to have a terrorist attack on our soil. Yeah. But I think it plays into our way of life in Australia. We love our way of life. I mean, we've mm. got it we've got it real good here in Australia. Let's be fair, beautiful beaches, a vibrant cultural scene, mm. plenty of Maryvale pubs. <laughs> and we don't want to take we don't want to let anyone take that away from us, do we? No, not I'm at not all. I'm not gonna let some bloke with a balaclava stop me from going to the Boxing Day test. Not at all, mate. And you know, you attack that, you attack the rest of us, don't you? That's right. And terrorists know that. They know that, you know, they're looking at Australia and they're thinking, mate. Mm. What would really rattle these blokes if we bombed an SNV Collingwood blockbuster at the G? That's right. On that, Anzac Day. That's what guys in the hills are thinking. That's what they want to go for. They want sometimes to go for they the go MCG. the soft option. They'll bomb like an embassy or an expat bar in another country. And yeah. It's like, mate, go on. Yeah, it's passe, isn't it? I mean, look, and, and the thing is now as well, mate, is that we are very precious about our way of life, and rightly yeah, so. But um, do we re- even really know what terrorism is anymore? I mean, personally, I always use my barometer for uh, terrorism is just whoever Pauline Hanson is attacking at the mm. moment. Yep. Um, but I feel like it's got a little bit more sophisticated than that mm. now, hasn't it? I mean, it's not like you yeah. said, your, your conventional uh, orthodox uh, terrorism anymore. Well, it's gone online. Well, we'll get to that a little bit later, but mm. you're right. It has changed. I mean, but speaking of change, 9-11 changed everything. Sure did. We know that. We accept that. We've talked about 9-11 ad nauseum on this podcast. Mm. Um, Australia didn't actually have any terrorism laws until 9-11. Yep. By 2016-17, you know, Australia had more terror laws in place than any other nation, really. That's right. I mean, we just love passing laws on terrorism here. Yeah, we do. We do. I mean, I, I don't know if they're um, right up to date or if they're completely fair, though. I mean, I, you could see, you know, a, a, a bloke of Arabian appearance from Western Sydney. He could click a banner ad for Syria on his computer. Yep. But while some unabashed KKK enthusiasts, they're, they're canvassed for pre-selection. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not too sure if we really have nailed down what terrorism is Who at the moment. Are, yeah. I mean, I'm not seeing six to eight hours a night on Sky about um, <laughs> about white supremacists yet, are we? No. So no, only four to five. Yeah. Big Australia. Challenges around population. Yeah. What are we going to look like? Let's say 2050. Yeah. What does Australia look like in 2050? 30 years down the track, what are we looking at, would you say? I'd say we look uh, a bit like Australia now, but smaller, right. uh, maybe more circular. And if, um, I mean, I simply don't believe climate science. There's nothing to suggest, nothing in it for them to lie. But, you know, I haven't yet figured out why they're lying, but they must be. Um, they tell me, a fucking internet user, they know something I don't. I, I'm not up for that. But um, yep. it sounds made up because uh, my life was happier when there was no such thing as yeah. a climate scientist. They've just invented that. But if what they say is true, then... Halfway up the Great Dividing Range will be waterfront in 50 years. Right. So, well, that'll be good because Australians love living by water. 
We all just love living by the coast. If you look at Australia, we're just fucking like get me as close to that coastline as possible. So you're saying with the advents and the inevitability of climate change destroying the world, there'll be more waterfront opportunities just inland. Well, people talk about getting uh, migration into regional centres. We're talking about this just now. Like you know, it's a problem because you you transplant you know people into regional centres. They're bored. Yeah, they're just down at the shops all the time, hanging around outside Big W getting up to no fucking good, robbing Wendy's. I don't know what happens in regional centres. But, you know, we talk about having to increase the population there, not in the big uh, cities. Take the water to there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, also good, like, uh, so it means just, like, uninhabitable, like, rock-faced ridges on mountains becomes just lucrative property then. Absolutely. You can't Opportunities there, for developers, Meriton Apartments. Harry Trigubov buying off. off the Three Sisters. Oh, you could easily put. You could put. You could put a high rise on all of the three sisters. Easily, yeah. oh, there's no reason that couldn't happen. If we dream big and think big, we can yeah. do big. Yeah, we and need think pro- about the the branding opportunity. Like three sisters, who doesn't want to live in a place like that? It just sounds. It's got Barangaroo vibes to me. I could see a packer just really salivating over that. Three casinos, three sisters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been to Barangaroo, and uh, each time, no one else there. Just wow. me and my kids on scooters, and that's it. And like they, it's, it's a good investment. Like, we get yeah. a place to ourselves and it's lovely. And there's people against growing the population and there's no one at Barangaroo. Wake up, idiots. Yeah. So speaking of growing the population, I mean, but if we look back in history, there's been times when the government has tried to incentivise natural population growth. You think back to Peter Costello in the early 2000s with the, you know, have one for the father, one for the mother and one for your country. Yeah. Well, that did, I mean, that didn't really pan out, did it? Not every family wants to expand to a fucking Tarago. It's, it's hard work. I've got a hatchback and I'm keeping it. I'm not having a third one. Fuck off. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to think that people are going to go for that. But we did, yeah. like in that era, we did stop the boats. Thank yeah. baby Jesus. But, um, <laughs> but that inadvertently halted any hopes of a quick fix to our small population, if that's your thing. But also as well, I mean, it's good to see that other sides of um, politics are, are going into bat for climate change. But I just don't know if they're going about it the right way. Mm. I remember last election when the Labor Party, <laughs> all the inner city elites mm. from the uh, from the inner suburbs of Melbourne, drove a bus up to country Queensland to tut tut them about um, wh- yep. why they should believe in climate change. You know what I mean? And it's obviously the people in Queensland voted with their feet, didn't they? Because Adani's up there bringing jobs, bringing industry. Swung the election, didn't they? That's the right. It certainly did. But, uh, it didn't you know, feel right to them. No, it didn't. It just didn't feel right. It didn't. But then, like, you know, Penny Wong and her friends are up there saying, well, why can't you just get a job in the city? Well, just listen to us. Yeah, yeah. Where's your art Do what we tell boys? you to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, hands off my BHP divvies is what I always say. <laughs> Every day for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, stop sending me those emails, actually. <laughs> but, you know, what we've got to do, mate, and this is a phrase that I've heard bandied around and I don't really know what it means. We've got to get to net zero emissions mm. by 2050. Yeah, yeah. And that's the latest metric that we're trying to reach, the, mm. the latest KPI that's been thrust upon us. Yes. Any thoughts on that? I mean, what is net zero emissions for starters? Well, that's the first thing I was going to say. It sounds very good. That's right. Let, let's just uh, address the elephant in the room. I don't know what net zero emissions mm. means. And I mean, neither do you and neither does anyone. I mean, Scott mm-hmm. Morrison likes to say it. It says zero in it. <laughs> so it sounds temperate, doesn't it? I mean, I assume it's just like every time you drive your car down the M1 that the New South Wales government will plant a tree in the cross-city tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... They'll offset every yeah, every <laughs> 10k trip that you take on in a motorway. Yeah, and then all the... With, re- a, with re- a tree that's been planted. That's right. And any sort of resale proceeds go to Transurban. I mean, what else do we need to do, mate? I mean, we're in the Copenhagen Accord. We're yeah. in the Kyoto Protocol, Cancun Agreement. We love... I mean, shut up, Matt Keane. I mean, we're doing a lot. 
<laughs> look at all the trees we've signed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but then you've got to look at the Great Barrier Reef. Mm. And the Great mm. Barrier Reef is probably the most tangible symbol of climate change, in my opinion. It is. Because when we were growing up, the reef was just this colourful, beautiful, vibrant ecosystem, mm. you know, mm. that we read about in textbooks, we saw on grainy VHS videos in school. Yep. And apparently it's fucked. I read that <laughs> 70% of the reef is dead. Is that right? And I don't know. There's still a fair bit going on. 30% is still a lot of reef left. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, but I think a lot of it's been bleached okay. to what, the bullshit. Why can't we just run a fucking filter over it or something? You know, like <laughs> just up the colour on your iPhone. Oh, you mean like those those um, World War Two in colour documentaries? Yeah, just exactly. put a bit of colour on it. I mean, all we need to do is just like entice the tourists in. If they yeah. see a photo and the colour's still there, they get here, tourism dollars. Yeah. Who cares? Well, once we shit? get them here, then they'll spend on other stuff and the economy will be fine. Yeah, that's right. I mean, because, yeah, I mean. So should we not be telling anyone? about this no no let's don't not tell let anyone. anyone know the reef's fucked keep coming yeah keep those tourism dollars rolling in exactly i mean it's a good hour and a half offshore anyway i mean right. you know it, what's out of sight out of mind so it's probably really. easier to do nothing and just reshape our tourism campaigns than actually solve climate change yeah i'd say, say yeah yeah bald face lies yeah have a go Sunday mornings, join Aussie Radio's favourite voice of the country, Bluey, as he talks all things regional, live from his studio in Outback Ultimo. Now out to the knackered under jam festival where they still don't think Santa is gender neutral. Congratulations on your 70-year anniversary with husband Cecil, Jill. Oh, thank you, Bluey. Even though it's a gross endorsement of male patriarchy. Oh. Now, mate, I hear you blokes have fallen on hard times down there in Broken Hill with the closure of the local abattoir. Yeah, Bluey, thanks for that, mate. It, it has been hard. Do you reckon more cycle lanes might help cheer the folks up down there? On ya, Bluey. Bluey, Australia's favourite knockabout from the land's highest tax bracket. G'day fellas, Mickey Booster Pal from Have A Go Betting with the latest odds on the next inquiry that stops the nation. The Royal Commission. Seems the punters are predicting back-to-back titles with another aged care inquiry roaring into outright favouritism at $1.50. Following the PM's guarantee, he'd be enacting the current findings in full. On the next line of betting is media diversity at $3.75, then both quarantine failings and the propagation of top knots at $10. Before the conduct of men in Parliament rounds off the market as the Rank Outsider at 5,001. Download our app for a range of exotic options like our all-new over-unders market on ignored recommendations. And don't forget, gamble responsibly. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Well, that is us done for Series 1 of the Have A Go podcast. We've tackled the meatiest issues facing Australia today and we think we've done a pretty good job. We're not one and done, though. Don't worry. Don't break out the Kleenex yet. There's plenty more exciting content coming from the Have A Go team. So on that note, please stay tuned for a very special announcement in the coming days. And you can follow us on social media for more updates on that if you like, or just remain subscribed to this podcast and you'll find out soon enough. Of course, if you are enjoying the Have A Go podcast, we'd love it if you could leave us a review. Five stars only, please. Let me be very clear about that. Uh, we did actually get a one-star review from The Pearl 1993, who is clearly a depressed Brisbane Broncos fan, which is fair enough given they're having the season of hell. Uh, but the rest of you have been very generous with your comments, uh, so we thank you very much for that. And for your listenership, it's been a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us as we try to understand this wonderful yet desperately confused country of ours. As Don Burke used to say before he was rightfully cancelled, Hooroo. Thank you.